0: G'day there and welcome to The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. Today we have a very special episode of The Gong Show for you. We are joined by Daniel Motlop and Shannon Fleming from Something Wild Australia. Something Wild is a supplier of Indigenous and Native produce and in the process they develop relationships with Indigenous communities all around Australia and provide them employment in harvesting Native produce which then gets sold to some of the best restaurants in the country. We're joined by Tom Kiamento and Simon Evans from Cavo and Andy Burns from Babyface. This was a really fantastic episode. Such a privilege to sit down with these guys. Thank you so much to both Shannon and Daniel for joining us. Hope you enjoy this episode. Sweet. We're all here. Welcome to The Gong Show, episode number seven. Uh, you start by acknowledging the Dharawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land of the Illawarra and acknowledge the elders past and present. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I'm Steph Postuma, and we've got an array of guests here, but I want to introduce our special guests first, Daniel Motlop and Shannon Fleming from Something Wild. Thanks for joining us, boys. Thank no worries, And also here in CAV at the moment... Simon Evans. Hello. Tom Kimento.
1: Hello.
0: Andy Burns. Hey. Cool. We're all here. Thank you so much for joining us. And this will be a really cool episode because you guys are in town for an event with these guys. Yeah. And we're going to talk a bit about indigenous food and what you guys do with something wild. Um, Start off with a couple of things. Like, guys, just quickly, anything to go over that you guys want to go over? You had an event recently, your drinks event, Andy, at. um, Babyface?
4: Yes. There were were drinks. There were lots of drinks. Joel Amos came down from (laughs) Sydney and bought a whole bunch of booze and uh, everyone came to Babyface and drank it all. Nice. Um, (laughs) We had Jeb from um, Music Farmers, which was like playing some music, which was a heap of fun. Um, He'd never really done anything like that in a restaurant before. So... We got him drunk as well. Um, <laughs> and Yeah, everyone, I, like, people kept coming to the restaurant the next day, like, basically saying, fuck you, I'm really hungover. So, it was successful, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it was it was booked out with a waiting list, which was, like, pretty, I, a lot of people that came in buy stuff off Joel, which, like, I guess I was a little bit surprised about. I didn't know how much of a cool. he had in Wollongong, so he was trying to develop that a bit, um, um, like, for the website for booze sales, but, yeah, we had a great night. Nice. Just, it was just fun. We transformed the restaurant into like a club. D- like. D- 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 yeah. Food disco thing. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. so it's, you know, very different for the chefs, very different for the floor staff, um, the restaurant itself. But yeah, it
0: was fun. Sweet. And Mother's Day was good for everyone as well? Yeah. Obviously a big yeah. day for restaurants. Yeah. It
4: was yeah. another long day. Yeah. yeah. But it was good.
0: Yeah, cool. Shout be, out to all the mums out there. I'd rather yeah. be booked out yeah, I'd rather
4: cheers, be on Tuesday.
1: Mother. mother and Tuesday. Much better. Mother's really? Day on a Tuesday, yeah. Because Sunday is the
0: end of already a week. Get a, a busy public week. holiday for it, as well, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, get a few yeah, days so off. I'd rather that. Um, this is shit, though. I want it off. <laughs> I've got to say, also, a big, <laughs> a big thanks to uh, Maddie, Jen, and Kayla for taking over the podcast for the last episode and giving us their thoughts on issues surrounding women in hospitality. That was awesome. Thanks, guys, and that's something that we want to continue doing in the future, whether it be with those ladies or anyone else. So if you know, you, you're you a female and work in hospitality out there. You can get in touch with us and come on the podcast and give us your thoughts on whatever issues or experiences you've got. Um, so, yeah, thanks to the ladies. It's good one. Um, let's get straight into it. Real talk. We've got you guys here, so we want to talk to you about what you do. Let's start off, Daniel. Um, do you want to give us a bit of a background about what Something Wild is and what you guys do?
5: Yeah, well, uh, Something Wild, it's uh, yeah, owned by the Motlock family, along with Richard Gunner as well, who owns these fine foods as well, down in South Australia. Um, I suppose how it all started, I'll, yeah, I'll kick it off. Um, we we wanted to get magpies into um, you know some of the bigger restaurants and start supplying uh, people like René Rincepi for their pop-up in Sydney um, a couple of years ago. So we approached Richard Gunner and said, look, can we um, go into the Northern Territory government and try to get a, get a permit to be able to harvest... Um, this native bird that no one's ever done before. Um, and I grew up, you know, hunting it and, and eating it, and a lot of other families in Darwin, Larrakia families have done it as well. So we're the first ones to ever go in and get that permit for 4,000 use uh, a year.
4: And then you need so, a permit. Like, yeah. I love it, hey. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but, yeah. You know, we've we done all that, and that was
5: easy. But then um, to actually go out and try to hunt this thing and um, capture it in, in nets and, you know, in cages, and that is pretty... So you use
0: nets and cages? Yeah,
5: for a native bird and that. Yeah, um, how come? Because it's got Obviously, be a... you're not allowed to shoot them and that. And yeah, so you know, just... All the restaurant stuff and all the technical issues and... Um, but yeah, so we done that and that's how it sort of started. It was just a small Aboriginal harvesting business out of Darwin that I was doing myself and then my brother jumped on board and we started getting kakadu plums, you know, rosellas, um, you know, mud mussels and yeah. all this sort of stuff, green yeah. ants. Um, so we took Rene Redzepi um jocks and follow up to up to darwin and showed them around up down through arnhem land apy lands um pretty much showed them everything that you could actually use in in the pop-up in um in sydney
6: phenomena
5: mm-hmm. and um yeah that 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 kicked off and then after that it sort of got a bit bigger and then we decided to buy something well in the adelaide central markets um so my family went and, went and done that and. Then we, you know, started selling some of the best restaurants in, in Australia, including Devoe. So, yeah, it's um, it's come a long way where we've gone into alcohol with, with the green ant gin and wattle seed lager, and now we're sort of launching yogurt with fluoro milk in South Australia. So, yeah, it's, it's come a long way from just a small harvesting up. Mm. Um, I suppose the other side we try to do is create, you know, employment in Aboriginal communities, so Aboriginal people going out, collecting a lot of these products we buy it off from direct and then sell it to the restaurants, so... It just it's more about just creating the jobs than anything, you know. So um, some of our products are a little bit more expensive but half of those profits are going directly straight to an Aboriginal person who's, you know, these products belong to as well, mm-hmm. um, we feel. Um but that's not saying that oh we'll go out and collect them, but eventually it's gonna become a sustainable issue and, and that's so uh, we, we try to make sure we're we're harvesting, you know, not too much of that so. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, it's a lot of education, I guess. You know, especially being in the beginnings of a, you know, an industry like this and ingredients like these. Um, so you said that there was, there's other Aboriginal groups out there that have already been sort of like harvesting that type of thing, and you buy directly off them.
5: Oh yeah, so we start, we go into a community, we start a relationship. Right. The probably perfect example is, um, so when I started, I just had that small harvesting business, and then. Um, so now what we've done is there's ladies out of Air and only women are allowed to pick this Kakadu plum. So we we started a, um, a joint venture with them for them to be able to sell to us. Sure. Um, and then we come up with a product that we can make it sustainable for them to pick it every year. Because mm-hmm. like what happens is you know a chef or um, someone from the pharmacy goes in there, and it's a superfood as well and all that. So they go into a community and they say, look, we'll buy two ton off you, and you know they don't end up buying it or, or something. So and only use it for one year so the ladies go pick it and then it's sitting in a in a fridge and darwin or whatever so it's not being sold so we've got uh, shannon fleming on board to come up with a recipe design to be able to make this product you know last forever for us sellable. Um, yeah. sellable and mm. um we're lucky enough to put in our yogurt that, that we're doing and you know it's got it's a natural preservative it's 50 times more vitamin c than orange some people say 80 like shannon but yeah um, it's it's a pretty amazing
6: Yeah, it's pretty product. It. So <laughs> right, yeah,
5: and that's yeah. So the ladies, the ladies down at Water, they they pick it, and it's not really about the money for them. It's about seeing. So we send them videos about what we're doing, you know, how Shannon recipe design that sort of stuff, and then to actually see that product with their story on the back of a logo is the end result. You know, mm. so it's a sense of pride, their culture being passed all the way through, and we can't take that story personally. So we get the story from them. And then you've got our story, which is an Indigenous-owned business in, in Adelaide, and then passed on to the restaurants, so the restaurants can tell that story as well. So yeah, It's
4: creating a connection, too, yeah, between something exactly. that's, like, we've talked about before, it's it's pretty lost yep. when Yeah. when it comes to what we know about it yeah. indirectly in our yeah. restaurants and how it was. Mm. And that connection, like, now is going to create this whole new, like, modern Australian yep. cuisine. Yep. Absolutely. And that's that's absolutely. so fucking important. Yeah. Like. yeah. There's also, figuring out, like we talked about it on the way down, like uh, figuring
2: out ways in which these ingredients can become part of everyday cooking yep. in everyday people's lives. Yeah. Um, which for me is like, you know, I, I, I use the example of meat pie all the time because I think it's just baffling that meat pie is probably the most Australian thing. It's not even made with any native Australian ingredients. Like,. Mm. That doesn't make any sense.
1: You're stinging to steal some of my wallaby tail in Oh, I just, yeah. Like, yeah. <sighs> steal my prep. Yeah, <laughs> put it in a pie. <laughs> that's, that's
5: what we try to do that something the well, too. <laughs> try to come up with those products that, you know, someone off the street can actually buy. And like you know, people are scared to buy a kangaroo, kangaroo yeah. tail or something in our shop, mm. or, you know, a piece of venison or wild boar or something. But if we can put it in a smoke product where they just take it home and slice and have a taste and that sort of stuff, and maybe they do come back and try to it for themselves. Um, yeah, that, that's what we try to do. And that's why we put up with the yogurt, you know, the plums, or all, all this sort of stuff. So, What's the yogurt,
4: sorry?
5: Uh, so kakadu plum yogurt. Yep. Um, well, you know, Shannon designed them, so um, some plum. Yeah. Got, what does
0: kakadu plum taste like? Give us a description of it. <laughs> 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 an, uh,
3: an unripe olive. we got some. We've bought some here. Yeah, oh, yeah um, right. We'll take a photo of them. Yeah, so so kakadu plum is something is yeah. that's really, really common and really prevalent through the top end of Australia. So it's from Darwin to Broome, is it's, it's everywhere. So certain communities through their like on their land, on their nation they've got like huge amounts of wild capital palm trees. Mm-hmm. Um and that that they might get one year, they'll give it a year off or whatever they kind of they kind of do with it. But it's um as Daniel said, it's incredibly good for you. It's one of the world's highest known sources of vitamin C. It tastes uh, interesting. It's like a really more sort of Moorish taste. Well, like once you have wine, like most people go, what the hell is that? It's sort of a little bit of stringent, a little bit of like super sour. Sort of just start, dries the mouth out. The stone, it's like a mango pit Like, so a lot of the flesh is still stuck around the stone. So you're sort of eating going, this is, and you have a stone in your mouth. So you stand up stuck in that for the next few hours. Um, <laughs> which is a good thing. It's really good for you. Um, but it's a little bit, it's a, it's a flavor that people quite often find quite sort of hard to get used to. Hence why it's, same thing. It's kind of like olives, yeah, yeah. So hence why um plum hasn't really taken off in terms of mainstream stuff. Yep. Or was sort of the, what I call the mainstream sort of end of native ingredients. Mm. Um so it's not like like Seed seed or Quandong or even Davidson Plum, which I consider sort of almost mainstream. These, these yeah, pretty well Plum is pretty pretty down there. Yeah. Um but there's lots and lots and lots of it. Yeah. So, the idea is, that as, as Daniel sort of alluded to, we've got to go in there and sort of work out what we can do with it. Um, yeah, there's got a lot of values to it already. I mean, uh, uh, the, the prawn industry in North Queensland is using it for, a, a, they, they dilute it and they get um, good shelf life out of their cooked prawns mm-hmm. by an extra six days or something stupid. So, they, they cook yeah. their prawns, they dunk them and then they freeze them and then you've got this extra shelf life. Yeah, yeah right. So... Not just, that's just one example of the preservative powers of it um, so I sort of one of the reasons I came on board was to, to, to work on that project specifically and uh, um, come up with a few things so far it's a bit of an ongoing thing but um, it, the, the main thing is actually going in there and introducing yourself uh, to the community and saying well, this is what I want to do and it's kind of up to them if they like you good if they don't like you you'll be out of there pretty, pretty quickly and <laughs> lucky enough they kind of liked us, yeah. so yeah. it's all right, yeah. Um But that was, that was the first time I went to an Aboriginal community was, was basically there to ask permission to use their product, yeah. which they have heaps of. But, you know, we're sitting in front of three, three elders, and they were like, they had a discussion about it in language, and they're like, basically, do they, do they like this white guy or not? Is he all right? Is he <laughs> talking shit? <laughs> or do they like it? So then they, they end up, I, was, I was sort of showing photos about what I've done in the past, and you know your products being used in some of the best restaurants in Australia now. Um, what do you think of that? And they, they were really keen. And you know, by the end of the day, they sort of came around to us, and, and I cooked them like a magpie goose. So that, that's another story. But yeah, whatever we had all these elders, um, mainly women, and we, we bought two goose that we had gone out hunting that night before. So, what is like an hour and a half, like little dodgy, uh, balsa wood plain. Ride, ride from uh, Darwin, so nowhere. Eight hey, yeah, hour drive, eight hour drive through scrub, Jeez. and um, I wasn't cooked lunch. We, we bought we bought goose, so and they were really, really happy. But we, we made this sort of fire in the middle of sort of nowhere, and um, I had uh, probably four or five women sort of watching me the whole time cooking this goose over this fire which the most intimidating thing I've oh, done <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ <laughs> man <laughs> I've, I've cooked I've cooked for I've cooked for Rolling Stones I've cooked for Presidents I've cooked for heaps and heaps of people heaps of Slavery's these guys were undoubtedly the most intimidating people I've ever um, just staring at you the whole time and for and and in all seriousness, the best goose I've ever put in my life. So, to and, was. Was. <laughs> and then I had Daniel here, who <laughs> thinks he's the boss, <laughs> trying to tell me what to do. And then it was like it was—it was actually really entertaining. But it came out unbelievable. And they're—they're—they're they're, um, they're league people. They love the leagues, yeah. Right. So whereas you know most white guys are, are all about the breasts. You're uh, more than one way more breast guys and leg guys especially on a goose and um, but these these women that are like, literally like staring at these legs going I want that leg and they're like almost by the end of it one of, the, one of them sort of came up and sort of snuck like a few into a foil bag into our home and like some of the guys didn't get any food at all because they'd like taken it home which is I suppose that's a good thing um, but yeah that, that was a great experience and then at the end of that we actually got permission to use their plum, which is yeah Goal. That's awesome. Yeah.
4: Well, it's lucky you didn't fuck yeah. the yeah. good <laughs> well, Exactly. Well, it? no plot, well, like, He, likes it, he likes it rare, no. you know. Like
0: most people
5: from down south, and that have it rare. You know, the chefs yeah. and big chefs, and that there's yeah. up there. Australian the of fire you cook it, so there's yeah. no blood yeah. in it. That's what know, I was like. So like, Daniel, like, how, do I, how do I cook this? Rare. It was like yeah. Aboriginal people. When you see blood in in, in the food after you cook, it's like that's real I'm going to get sick. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. so. so, how did you prepare it? Uh really I just butterfly the whole bird, yep, and, and then put it onto which. Which you had some uh, kimchi. Yeah. We had some kimchi. So I'll make a kimchi out of kaikala which is a, a native green we get from down uh, down south coast of Adelaide. And um, so they didn't get it up there at all. We made a kimchi, so it's got a slightly sort of you know sort of kimchi fermented sort of chili sort of flavour to it. Um, but we made a sauce out of that and then just rubbed on there really lightly, not too much, and then just like on the coals. Yeah, nice. And with the, with the goose, especially cooking over the coals, you've, you've sort of got to be slow over coals, but still get that smoky sort of crispy skin to it, which is quite a difficult thing to do, and um, I just kind of nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was <laughs> it. yeah. It was <laughs> fine, yeah no, how
0: it so what, how do they traditionally prepare it?
5: Oh same. So just
0: butterfly, pretty much. Right. Um, and
5: yeah, straight on the barbecue. Oh, straight straight on, on the fire. Straight on the fire. Yeah, everything's done on fire. the fire
3: yeah. the same way. Yeah.
5: Otherwise, it's in the ground. So. Cool. Um, pretty simple, but probably
3: yeah, really and still right. and still probably one of the best sort of cooking experiences sort I've of ever had. Around. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
0: Um, going back to when you first did your first harvest of magpie goose, was there an immediate demand for it?
5: Oh uh, yeah, well. Renee wanted it. Um, Jock wanted it. Um, yeah. So we sort of knew that if we got it out there, you know, people would people would buy it. So you know, now you now you've got obviously Cabot, um using it, then you got Voodoo uh, mm-hmm. using a lot of it. So it is out there a lot. Uh, we've stocked up pretty well to actually last the whole year. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first two years we are only getting, you know, eight hundred goose, not even that sometimes. So yeah, we we heard about not, like,
1: not even two that. years ago. And yeah. It took us six eight months to to get hold of it, yeah. and yeah. then yeah. it was like two.
5: Yeah. I think we all, yeah, so we all got excited, you know, when we got this permit, so we thought, yeah, we're, we're on here. Yeah. You know, but Bloody to earth. actually work that's out how to do this thing, you know, you set up one pole yeah. one day. Yeah, how it's do you, can you, you tell? Process. take us through how you catch oh, them? Oh,
6: this is epic. I, I can't believe that's the, it's the first thing. Oh, is it so, a sequel. You yeah. don't have to do nah. that. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's a slow process, you know, to make
5: them walk in. They're not, you can't sit there like a duck and throw bread, throw bread and they walk close to you. Like, these things... Yeah, they'll, they're they'll stay a hundred meters out. away from you, the and they're very smart. Yeah, like I've even I've had traps where I have put under the ground, and the, the goose that go to that area every day have just seen it, and like they're pretty much standing there looking at <laughs> What's to do this, it, What's to, this? <laughs> looking at the dirt, knowing there's something under the ground. <laughs> like, it's, it's it's incredible. I, you know, where they smell it, which they they
3: must. Um, it's, it's it is unbelievable. So they're very very smart and before I joined well, when I was working full time I was one of those chefs who wanted Yeah, I was okay. working with Jock of sea, and it's like we wanted we wanted goose we wanted goose and I was like we're going to get four four one every now <laughs> and then I well, was frustrated it's like why can't we get more goose get more goose get more goose um, and then the first time they took me up to Darwin after I'd finished working there um, and then I was sort of looking around Darwin driving through to the hotel i like oh yeah whatever whatever and it's like it's just good goose fucking everywhere like dude literally everywhere yeah right in, uh, on the, there's golf courses there's there's uh, just any sort of anyway, park, there's nice green uh, ovals. Yeah. there is goose just fucking everywhere through darn <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> like the big the <laughs> chickens yeah, 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 of I mean, Sydney I turn to, <laughs> turn to <laughs> him he's in the car next to him and why the fuck can't we get more goose because I can see how so ignorant these chefs are <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meanwhile I was just talking about the so many times just scrap the whole process and say yeah, yeah. And then I realised, <laughs> so you're right, this is, this is, and this is why, this is why we can't get goose. Yeah. Um, but, I think that's, that's kind of the beauty of it, at yep. the same time. I'm goose uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and now, hence why water a wild bird, so that's why they're, they're out there and they're fish. Hence sh- why it's a bit expensive too. Shop, so and they're shot, and that's why they're, it's and they're expensive. It's a hard so. process. Well, yeah,
0: right. What was it like, was it was it a challenging process to get that licence, that first licence?
3: Um,
5: yeah, it was. Well, We obviously did um, I'm Larrakia, so it was a lot easier for that. You couldn't just send someone from down south to go up there and get it. So, um, I needed places to be able to sell it, which, which are going to add. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we, so we went up together and put the permit together and yeah, it's pretty much just a small harvesting business selling into, you know, uh, Richard and then yeah, it went crazy. So we decided that something wild needed to be indigenous owned and, um, it just to be able to sell the product and have the stories behind it and, and set up those little jobs in those communities. So, well, and although it is a business it is about also creating those jobs in those communities as well, which we're um, probably obligated to do, um, I feel. Um, it's a bit of, bit of my passion, I suppose. We don't have to do it, mm-hmm. but the story behind it all and um, just people that want to do it too, you know, the, the jobs are scarce in Aboriginal communities, so um, to be able to get some of the work in their own time and, and pick this stuff and have a take pride in it. Mm. Um, it's pretty
2: amazing. So, so Something that I wanted to ask was, um, what's this, like, what do you think uh, from a user standpoint is the sustainability of, uh, of catching these these goose? Um, you know, I've talked to some people before and they were like, oh, no, you know, magpie goose used to be quite often found all over Australia. Um, and now it's it seems to be, just in the Northern Territory region that they are found. Is the reason that they're not found throughout Australia because of what we've done to the rest of Australia or, and how we've kind of influenced the environment? And do you think that the way in which we're going, that it's sustainable to do what we're doing now?
5: Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, you, Cause like,
2: yeah, for, for me, like, that's the biggest worry. I'm like, I, I want to use them, but at the same yeah. time, I don't want to do something that's bad. Well, I don't want to go, I don't want to be a, like, be a, a kind of yeah. A, a, I guess you know, I you see overuse see. them. Yeah, that's right. Like, oh, yeah. I don't if sure sure. every restaurant yeah. starts using it, they are monitored kind of within
5: within Darwin. I don't know, I'm not sure how Parks and Wildlife um, monitor it at all, but um, you know they they obviously do. there's I think there's over ten thousand people with permits to shoot. Um, it was seven goose, and it's slowly dropping um, to the point where yeah. last year the was, fishing is a bad yeah event, so. there's yeah, a bad yeah, image. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for Aboriginal people, there's, there's pretty much no bag, bag limit for, for those people. You can actually take whatever you want because but
2: it, everybody and no one with, one does it. White, everybody, everybody knows. Everybody is, yeah. and everybody,
3: everybody goes out there and shoots and catches. Mm. And everybody does during season, which yeah, is well. about eight weeks, nine weeks. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does it, so it's not just these guys that are doing it. A lot mm. of people. So in, can you only hunt them during like season? Night, no one knows. Um, Only
5: during season. I mean, they are. You only want to eat them during season because of the, the different sort of tastes. Um, you know, during season they actually eat this chestnut that makes them amazing and fatty. And you know, when they get onto the swamp, so the reason when numbers drop ain't because of the the shooting and everything. It's because the the water levels all drop. It's the boats on the on the swamps that the water runs and kills the eggs. So when these during the season, um, so mango season pops up, all these goose flood into Darwin pretty much all of a sudden, mm. and they're on the mango farms, um, killing the, you know, all the crop and all that sort of stuff. And then when the season ends, they hit, when it, and all the rain and all the swamps are built up, they go back out to the nest and, um, back to the swamps and re-nest. So on them swamps, when the boats are, you know, flying on there, taking tourists and all that, and, um, the water levels, you know, a bit high, it knocks the eggs off the nests and all that. So that kills the eggs.
6: Yeah. So,
5: um, it, it wouldn't be, it's not so much a shooting, and the numbers have dropped over the years, but when you get good rains and, and that sort of stuff, they, they go back up you know, sort of thing.
3: It's kind but, of similar to, like, uh, in terms of like the kangaroo thing. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there, we don't have to farm them. Yeah. Um, we're sort of keeping it, <coughs> almost managing the population. Actually, with kangaroo, we can do it a whole lot better, but with, with, with goose, it's, it's managed to a point where it's not going to, Sustainable enough, yeah. But yeah, was down. I mean, our license is 4,000, it won't go any higher than that, probably. Yeah, so it is managed to a point where it won't, it is sustainable. yeah. I suppose they be, they do their
0: surveys and things like that, population surveys and that sort of ecology yeah, work. Is yeah.
4: anyone else like commercially doing it? Though, no, no, yeah. no one so no like, um, and no one will ever probably be able to do it. Yeah,
5: um, there's no way that someone's going to give us 4,000 and another person 4,000, yeah. it's just not enough, you know. So, yeah. um, yeah. It, it is monitored through personal lives obviously so yeah it's full on now, the, the main problem that we have is that the, the shooters and recreational hunters get angry that their bag limit's drop and you know we still got this permit
2: for this mm. um, but, yeah. you said indigenous people are allowed to hunt as many as they want yeah, yeah, yeah. do you find that they don't necessarily a, like advantage of it but it's still that respect for yeah 100% what hunting yeah, 100%, for? Yeah. 100% yeah absolutely. people only go absolutely under.
5: You know, most people that live in homelands and, and communities,
3: you know, they'll go out and grab three or four, bring it back, and just spread it out. I mean, whatever. Yeah, just in, uh, in, in general, their their sort of beliefs around foraging and, and hunting is just take what you need, yeah. Mm. yeah, for yourselves for that day, for that couple of days, yeah. whatever for your family. Don't take any more.
6: Yeah, and, and as that, it should be, that and happens everything. with
3: everything that they take. Um, yeah. And that that's happened. That exact sort of forces has happened for thousands of thousands of thousands and thousands of years. Yep. Awesome. though so
0: that continues. Um, I want to go back to what you were saying about Indigenous employment and stuff and the opportunities that you're providing out there. It just, It's such an amazing thing because I guess before you guys started doing what you were doing and providing employment through, um, you know, harvest harvesting native ingredients, other, other employment opportunities for Indigenous people a lot of the time might not have been an expression of their culture, and like uh, other than you know things th- through direct express like things like art and music and dance and, and and that sort of thing, it must just be awesome to have provided this avenue for employment, which also is educate educating the general public about indigenous culture and also letting indigenous culture be a part of their employment.
5: Yeah, well, it's it's what they're doing anyway. You know, they're out there hunting, uh, out there picking um, all that stuff. So correct. Yeah. What, what what I sort of believe is that if you give an Aboriginal person a job in the Aboriginal community, it changes the lifestyle of their kids. You know, their kids, mm. they go to they go to sleep early, the kids go to sleep early, the kids wake up, go to school. So just yeah, by doing that, um, I think it's just a flow-on effect, you know, it helps everything in terms of health and, and all that too. So um, we're lucky enough to be, you know, to be able to provide the, those jobs. I mean, we're not going to change the world, but we're going to change families and that in the communities that you know some people that don't work or can't find work mm-hmm. because not everyone wants to move to the city sure you know, So, yeah. no one wants to go live, live in perth or you know they close communities down and they expect people to just move from where they're from you, mm. know, it's, it's, you know, it's bullshit so yeah um we're lucky enough to allow jobs to be happen on the community um and obviously get their stories from it you know the kids actually it keeps the culture strong. Yeah, it? it's
4: cool. Hey, um, yeah. that's, that's and really make, cool make sure that
3: they stay on their land. Yep, where
6: they
5: where they want to be.
4: Hmm. And it's yeah. not a it's I not a made out of it. it's,
5: it's not true. a cheap process for our company either. You know, yeah. like um, you don't want to be going in there and paying three dollars a kilo for Kakadu prawns or something. You know, so um, we're lucky enough to be able to pay you know, a fair good bit. Money. And and you know we, we've got a shop in that that we're able to sell it. Um, so yeah, it's good money going into the community directly. Um, yeah, yeah. it definitely
2: make, make, makes up, like for us it makes us feel really good knowing that yeah we might be paying for something that's expensive like you know make five goods for instance yeah. yeah it costs a bit but you know that it's but, for a purpose yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. just like you're paying for restaurants
1: like the story adds value to it yeah. Yeah. if we yeah. can tell them that there's this backstory it's, it's about the company then people kind of understand yeah. why something costs so much so a lot of readers just don't understand how it could possibly be that much. With mm-hmm. Well, home because home. they see okay, it at the, Coles and they go,
2: oh beef's only like, you know, yeah, yeah, chicken's only like yeah. tw- 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. like, why am I paying yeah, yeah. $45? It's chicken. like, well, that's not just a, a Coles chicken though, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. It's a really good grass yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. really yeah we Yeah, the whole process
5: of it, like say we went out there, six of us, we got a hundred goose. You got a hundred goose sitting in front of you, you gotta sit there, dip them in hot water, pluck them, gut them, yeah, you know, make sure everything. right. Chandler, Chandler's Package. Chandler's in the I don't pluck. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pluck. I don't pluck. So, so like the I'm whole process these. to do hundred <laughs> views, you're talking, you know, probably five, six, seven hours mm. of plucking, hand yep. plucking. They're all oh, hand right. plucked, so it's um, <laughs> it's a pretty full on process. Bloody but, um, oath. And Jeez. then obviously the freight's got to come to Adelaide and then repackage, all that sort of stuff. So you know, there's there's no doubt they would love. I'd love to be given them to brief Takes it
3: at least. Four or five slabs of beer to get through right. a hundred birthday. That. So that <laughs> that's a, lot of that. of beer. Yeah. <laughs> There's a beer tax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you want to tell us a bit more about some of the other communities that you work with and the products that that um, you know you get from there?
5: Yeah. yeah. Well, Maningrida, we're getting like yeah, things yeah. like bush apples. Um, they send us, you know. Whereabouts is this? Uh, Maningrida. Yeah. Where's um, that? Ramo or Maningrida? Oh, both. Both. Yeah. So what would? Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of this stuff's coming back in and then we're, we're lucky enough to be able to put it in a product like a buffalo curry or a um, kangaroo stew, which we, so we've just done a bit of a joint venture with Aboriginal, Arnhem Land Progress Association, they own about 30 Aboriginal stores in Aboriginal communities, so we, um, we've we actually come up with all these products, with all this stuff, so you, your goose legs and that, and we're, we're selling it back into the community so they can actually have it in their takeaway stores. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. Things like places like Meningrita, um, uh and Ginning, and Gimby, they all send us all their stuff and we just buy it from pretty much whatever they got. A lot of your stuff you just buy in for test and you hope that someone will buy it. So a lot of it a lot of it's testing as well and see what we can put it in. Um, but in terms of like throughout Darwin, like through Larrakia we've probably got about twenty workers there that send us all stuff in. Um, and they just go out
3: and pick, you know, your uh White apple, yeah, white like bush, bush, apple, so bush apple apples, apple, apples, and, and passion fruit, um, ants nest, Which things like that, and it's, it's, it's not. Which is like, on the menu at the. What what's that? Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow That's exactly. Tomorrow. 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 Yeah. So there's a lot of things that they, we, we might honestly think about, like ordering from them, but mm. they might um, go, they might rock up to our depot and Darwin how hey, hey, I've got like. You know, four kilos of bush apples. Yep, no worries. We'll pay you whatever it is, and then um, yeah, ship it down to Adelaide and we can uh, then distribute it to whoever we, we, we sort of want it. So these guys or going to Melbourne and Sydney.
6: Yep. A, bit
5: so. a bit out of Queensland as well, stuff sent to us, but it's some places really hard to get it out of. You know, like think places like Nullarbor and that where, you know, what is it, t- 10 hours in a car and um, well, it's got to come on the barge. Yeah, um, transport's an issue. So but... transport's a, a real issue mm-hmm. and cost as well. Which is another reason why things are a little bit expensive. Well, through it through
3: our like venture with Alpa, um, so obviously a lot of a lot of transport and barges aren't going out to these communities, but then they coming back empty. Yeah. So we're, we're we're trying to have established a bit of a thing where we'll go out to these communities, at least that community can pick, you know, x amount of whatever they want, gets back on that barge, so something's coming back. Um. So like, freight costs are coming back from there relatively nil because they're already there anyway. Um, and at least they're getting something out of it. So it's we're awesome. it's, 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 it's really give and take, so we're sort of establishing, which is pretty satisfying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's full
5: on too, because it, like places like all well, the restaurants that don't pay for 30 days, whereas Aboriginal people want to be paid.
0: Yeah, yeah so you Catch on delivery.
5: <laughs> all the goods you get in January, February, March, and all the capital you get uh-huh. after that, and then you get you know the wild apple after that, you're paying a lot of money in certain months not, and to stock up for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, we want to sell this stuff fresh, so when it, when it comes in fresh, we actually bring the chefs and say, we've got this fresh now, take it, it's what it's best to use, you know, so mm-hmm. we obviously got things that you can freeze, but ideally you want, you want fresh stuff. Yeah, you? absolutely. So.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, have you, like, I guess when, when you guys got involved, it seemed to be the perfect timing because Rene Redzepi was over here doing Noma Australia and featuring so many indigenous ingredients on his menu. There, um, obviously, that that would have started a lot of conversation. You know, whether it's in the media or or just making chefs around Australia aware of the possibilities of indigenous ingredients and produce and stuff. Like, what's what's the trajectory been like of education of chefs and the demand that you guys have seen since since it all started? Because it seems to me it's just sort of like. People's awareness about things is just increasing so quickly, like...
3: Yeah. Well, I suppose it started... Shannon was your main man. To- Renee. You were Renee's
0: um, yeah, no, right right-hand man?
3: No, I wasn't Renee's right right-hand man.
0: Did he wear a Bunnings hat while he was around there with his bloody Nordic skin? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so, I was... Uh, I started working that is with, with Jock. Yeah. Um... Who really, Doc really sort of kicked off the, the making people aware of the ability to, to put these corn produce into, I'd say, for fine dining or you know, that upper end of, of dining. Mm. Um, we sort of started that back at McGill Estate and then we opened into Irana not long after that. Um, and that sort of really was really the catalyst for a lot of people doing it. These guys are doing a, an awesome job in a, in a fairly upmarket sort of situation. And our end game was to make sure that more and more and more people were using that kind of, uh, those those ingredients uh, in their own restaurants and, and, you know, the local cafe or whoever. We really wanted people to to start doing that and really create what we call an Australian cuisine. Um, And it was probably maybe a year after we started Iran that uh, it came out that Renee was coming to Australia and opening Noma Australia, he wanted to use Australian ingredients. Um, and that's when the dialogues, that, well, Jock had known Renee for, for years, um, and Rene came over to Australia with his, with his two guys, Tom and Bo, probably, oh, maybe five or six times to research this what these guys do, massive. You talk about a really big, expensive juggernaut of people who like just, it's, it's crazy. The whole Noma thing is pretty pretty nuts. Um, as you imagine, it's just the, the, the media and the hype surrounding these guys is phenomenal. Um, whereas, and, and definitely at the time, you know, we were just, we were just trying to get through really, um, and we weren't like that at all. It was it was kind of the, the complete opposite. Um, and, and, and Jock himself uh, totally put himself out there and and, and held Renee a lot, um, took him up north with Daniel and, and held Renee in terms of. Supply and how to get these things. And as you try to, you know, try to get through his head that you know you might want this, but you can't get heaps of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a hard thing. Um, I think I think Jock will tell you right now. He doesn't yeah. you look back on those days and fondly. I think it was just some fucking hard work. Yeah, and also doesn't didn't get much. We didn't get any. If you ask me any sort of thanks for it as well. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. the whole Renee thing. But that's yeah. probably the biggest
5: problem too, though. You know, like you, you try so hard do yeah. things yeah. with people and, and then if you can't get it it's sort of like it's your fault yeah. but with yeah. You know, Aboriginal people don't work like that you know like, come in and spend some time and, and um, get to know them and, and do this don't expect it's just going to they're going to start delivering straight away mm. I mean? um, there's a lot bigger process in it all and,
2: yeah. if you yeah. want
4: to go into another country and, and do a pop up and be there for the of time and then just go and make money off it you've got to fucking respect that don't you mm. Yeah. Well, you don't really have much choice. <laughs> yeah.
3: So it was like people sort of look back and go, well, Renee sort of started the, well, I don't know whether they, well, I hope they don't, Renee sort of kick started people into thinking about indigenous communities mm-hmm. in Australia. Well, what sort of, we started that years before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he might he have definitely he helped. Well? Well, yeah, exactly. Definitely helped in, in kicking it along sort of more of an international sort of stage. Absolutely. Um, but you know we were doing things that he did years before that so um, it's almost a little bit sad that it took someone like that to, to put it into people's minds I mean if you got if you got like, time to go
1: five trips different country with two of you guys and explore the country. Like, yeah, fucking course you're going to have, have
3: a kind of head start no, with yeah, a lot that's, of chefs. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. all the, chefs the the behind you and the staff yeah. behind yeah, you. But yeah, I, I think a
0: lot of it's a function right, of the, the media environment, though. Like, I mean, media is a business and they want to make money. And the way that the media is these days, especially with food, is, like, everything's about chefs. Everything's about yeah. these big-name chefs, you know. Yeah. Like, even, you know, when you read some of the biggest publications in Australia. Like it's all about getting to know these chefs, these chefs and these names and these faces and these Instagram followings and things like that. So it's, yeah, it is unfortunate that, that that's, that's how it worked. And yeah, that that, that that's, that's what's happening in people and the people that deserve the credit, maybe aren't getting it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I guess at least we can sit here where we are now and, and, and there is more awareness, I guess. Yeah. definitely
3: put it out there. Definitely put it out there. And, and, and Renee would naturally an think anything Renee does whatever he touches people fucking love it <laughs> of course really absolutely yeah, so yeah. But it was it was just it was funny sitting there and, and I the, the, I'd put all these ingredients out on the table and I had Renee, bow and Tom to walk around and taste everything and me and Jox of explain what it was how we get it how we treat it what you can do it, what you can't do with it and it was just like he was just tasting everything it was like a machine just like <laughs> oh I want this and this okay we need you know, 500 kilos of this and so I was like oh my god like <laughs> these guys it's just what are you going to what yeah. <laughs> who are you going to rate to get all this stuff it's just crazy
5: because yeah. um, they to go I
3: don't think you can go into an aboriginal
5: community and expect it to just you're gonna get off the plane yeah, you're gonna get into a nice car you're going to drive straight out to where you're going to get it you're going to be shown, you're going to be picket and you're going to get back on the plane and go it's pretty much like you get off the plane um, where's this car <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Daniel. Who, who, who the fuck is picking us up? I said, Oh, I've got my cousin, don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. waiting, and then I'm sitting there feeling embarrassed. You know, I'm like, Oh shit, I've let these chefs down, and you're picked up. And then before you even actually start going, right, we well, got to stop at shopping and get some petrol. Oh
6: shit, so good, hey. And the chefs it's are real. in the back of a troopie, yeah, they're real. waiting. Real. Yeah, just they're just waiting in the back of the troopie, it.
5: and I'm like, I'm like, and then you know. What's going on, you know? And I'm like, yeah, just, just get a petrol and then we're going to go out there. And then we go, we pull up at someone's house, get the gun or get the fishing lines or whatever, still waiting. What the fuck didn't they do this yesterday? the car ready.
4: Because yeah. they don't know who you I'm are. Not gonna and they don't really <laughs> care. I yeah, no, don't give a shit. No, they're, <laughs> go, they're going out with me.
5: I'm taking them yeah. with me. Where on on there, where I'm not going to turn around and say, yeah. what the fuck <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's pretty full, you know, like, it is pretty full on.
2: That's how it's supposed to be. To me, that's so much more, like, authentic and, yeah. like, a, a, a real experience. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, 100%.
2: And that's 100%. what that's what you go there for. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to go there and be, like, rushed through showing everything. I want right. to go there feeling like I've had the, the real experience of what yeah. it's supposed to be and, and feel like you're a part of uh, a family in that sense yeah. of, Nothing changed because you're here, <laughs> yeah. everything's the same. This is what it is. Like yeah, absolutely. get a
5: charter plane so that you can leave when you want to
2: leave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this, you go
3: out there and then the pilot stays with you because if he goes <laughs> <laughs> You don't know, <laughs> you know, know when, when he's, coming he's coming back where you're going like,
2: hello. Yeah. One of the things that I personally love about like, us two days of us talking and hanging out is like the sharing of knowledge and, and, and what to do. Like both of you have been so um, forthcoming with you know, these ingredients and what we can do with these ingredients. And, yeah, um, and I think that that's kind of a bit of a, I guess, a new school mentality in, in hospitality. Definitely the, the old school kitchen mentality was like, no, nah, I know what I'm doing with it. I'm not going to share it with anyone. Yeah, and I think it's really like, you know, I hate saying that we're discovering in a way these but we're using them in, in modern society for the first time, I suppose. And we're trying to transfer these techniques that Indigenous people use for so long and, and trying to make them into new ways and people can use them. Um, and I hate that people are like, oh, no, I don't want to share those techniques or those, this knowledge with anyone. For me, that's kind of so backwards thinking as to mm-hmm. how, how, how we are moving forward yeah it's so much about about sharing of knowledge so for me yeah, especially with these ingredients like, like,
1: like say like first time we tried Nilo or a plum into our time it's just like oh fuck yeah. <laughs> like what yeah. what are we doing, wow. that? Yeah. doing that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. why terrible. did i put that in my mouth yeah. um, yeah. exactly. so it takes it takes a little bit of playing That's around and working it, yeah. out like how things were cooked to make them palatable like, like it, you can't really just go into it blind yeah, yeah. you just end up just not using stuff and I guess there's, that's there's kind of what happens there's a lot so of. you think
5: with Aboriginal people their taste buds were a lot different back when they were oh, yeah, in yeah. this thing you know yeah. like the, there was no sugar okay. yeah so and plum, that's what was there to be a plum, a plum a would be like so sweet, that's to that's sweet that that bread 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 yeah so. all, <laughs> yeah. um, well, so
2: we, we always talk about kind of like you know why are indigenous ingredients the way they are yeah. like, uh, native ingredients they're a reflection of our environment yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. and if you think about the Australian environment there's no water therefore there's nothing sweet yeah, That's it's, all it comes out to. If you've yeah, ever yeah. grown strawberries, strawberries yeah. are sweet because you have to water the fuck out
5: yeah. 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 A lot of them. A, a lot of these things are medicinal yeah. like purposes as well. So that tapadoop one, I'm about it, it comes yeah. up in Darwin and through Northern Territory in North Australia when it starts to get dry season and it gets cold. So that's a sense of Aboriginal people saying, we've got to eat okay, the season, get their our vitamin C's up. Because when it gets yeah. cold, Aboriginal people die during that time, you know, because they get cold or or whatever all that sort of stuff so um, and that's that's something well I suppose it's we've sort of connected the dots a little bit by getting Shannon on board and working with us because myself and my operation manager um, my brothers or whatever, we could all go out and talk to chefs but we can't actually we don't know we don't know how to cook or we don't know how to put things together we just mm. chuck things on a fire in you know, yeah. like that or we straight as it is um, so to have actually connected dots with something well and have everyone like me and Shannon to be able to go out and connect that whole thing with um, the cooking, if you ask, chefs were asking me, how, how should I cook this?
4: All right. Yeah, how, how do I don't even know. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think just, just knowing know. as a chef, just knowing how it was done. Yeah. And then we've got you know plenty of things that we can do with it because we're trained yeah. chefs. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. You know, yeah. So so we, try, we've try, done like we talk
2: about that like to keeping the integrity with a dish on the moment by by, by my uh, and it's and just trying to. Transfer it in a way that works in in our restaurant, but also trying to keep the integrity of yeah. of what Indigenous people did yeah. that ingredient. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that was that was. I must say that was a bit of a highlight last night. Yeah. It is
3: really nice. We'll talk about it this morning for people
0: listening who don't know that barramundi dish do explain it Simon yeah it's Thomas on the ball it's
1: barramundi we dried it for a couple of days um, which helps dry the skin out Sort of crisp up on the, over the coals cooked over coals uh, on the skin side and then we put um, lemon myrtle leaf on the flesh side and flip it so it kind of steams um, on the lemon myrtle and lemon myrtle kind of breaks down and flavours it and we make a little um, paper bark so it was kind of our interpretation of uh, Barra cooked in paper bark yeah. which um, Fred from Fred's Bush Tucker showed us and when he was doing it he was laying the lemon myrtle leaf down and he said this is like nature's baking paper and it was like oh fuck well, <laughs> no more baking paper." Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we that kind of transferred to that and then it's just um, little karkala uh, saltbush um, beech mustard whatever's kind of available this season with some macadamia, just a little dressing. Just, it's really simple. It's super quick to put together uh, on the pass, um, and it's so tasty. Mm. Like, it's, yeah, it's like three or four ingredients. But,
2: yeah, I've never, I never cooked a barramundi on the beach, but I'd imagine if if, if I did. The ingredients that you were on that dish are all the ingredients that you have with the yeah, yeah. honey. Like, well, if there was karkala there, you would pick some karkala and you would have it with yeah. the fish. What we did with Fred. We
3: made that whole salad with just the salt, which is on the yeah, side yeah. of the, yeah.
6: the,
2: the palm. And
3: that's really simple. Like, Tommy just, I think he just hit it to stand like a really simple way of thinking about um, using what's around you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the way I like to cook um, and, and, and have done for the last sort of decade is, is using what's around us in a, in a really simple way. Um, which is kind of what's been happening for the last 60, 90,000 years. Um, so nothing's really, we're, we're, not, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're all the thinking about it, <laughs> thinking about it in one way. so <laughs> we're, we're just thinking about it in a different way. And, and that comes down to, you know, you touched on like sharing the knowledge, which, which is, it can be a bit of a problem. Chefs are, chefs are like that. We are like that. We're right. sometimes a pack of assholes and that's what, we want to sort of keep it there to time. ourselves.
6: You're lucky I'm moving here. So. Yeah. Um, Surrounded by us ourselves. and only one of you would be here.
5: Exactly. I'm
3: not a chef. But we want to we wanna we wanna sort of no, nah, that's mine. I wanna yeah. keep it to myself. Well mm. you know we'll I work win. for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we wanna we was at the same time, we want to ask for how they sort of did in the past. So we, we're sort of sharing their knowledge. We, on, we want question. them to share our knowledge. So we yeah. want to... We need to do the same thing? thing. So yeah. there's a... You touched on uh, our conversation about how Wongong's quite a... Well, the region, you quite like that. You quite yeah. like to share... Information and, and and things and if somebody down the road ran out of milk you'd go out there and do it and yeah yeah there's yeah. definitely well, yeah, that yeah, happens well, all the time on 100 the road, road yeah, yeah. yeah. use each other's um, printers dumb
2: um,
4: shit yeah. <laughs> running <Ran laughs> for a bottle of wine in the service satisfy uh, a cranky customer that's, yeah. that, that's
3: really good that's yeah. really, I, that's when I spent um, you know a few days in, in Copenhagen years ago it's like they do the same kind of thing it's a really cool sort of mm. atmosphere um, Adelaide's becoming like that with a bit of a bit of a Everybody really sort of riding the wave of a really big sort of food want at the moment. So like it's we're becoming like I don't think we're quite there yet, but we're we're, we're becoming a lot more like that, mm. which I think is is better for sort of everybody really. But like
4: as a chef, if you're if you're happy with what you're doing on the plate in your restaurant, then you shouldn't be worried about. I, I should be worried about what Tom, Tom and Simon are doing up the road. Like mm. we should be fucking having a beer. Yeah, time. Yeah conversation about what we're doing How's getting ideas from one another yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. and using them differently if you want no. a, if guy down the road's copying everything you do in a place like fuck you you can't buy two leaves of milk off <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. or you go <laughs> go buy a for like yeah, yeah but like yeah. that's not really you, know, yeah. you not just wouldn't have a problem thing. with um,
2: sharing shoes because you all wear the
0: same shoes too yeah I know I haven't got a pair yet we're all probably the same size back to indigenous <laughs> ingredients and we were talking about the world spirit awards in the green ant Chin. gold medal so tell us about how did how did you get started with that and what's the uh, what's the gin company?
5: Uh, so yeah, we, we teamed up with, so we pretty much asked Adelaide Hills Distillery, they were using a lot of native ingredients, uh, Mismatch and Apple Hill Cider. Uh, we, we pretty much asked them. Adelaide Hills Cider. Adelaide Hills Cider, sorry mate. Um, yeah, we, we asked them if we can actually start providing them with all the product because they were using a lot of native ingredients um, just as a bit of revenue for us, I suppose. And and one of my business partners said, look, can you, while you're there can you make us a, a vodka um and they said no nah, no nah, let's do a collaboration and let's make a gin um out of out of green mm-hmm. so makes sense that, too that's the yeah. green heads, oh like yeah yeah complete
4: like fucking twist yeah.
3: well i don't yeah i don't i don't know but it's essentially apart from being like it's, it's not some gimmick mm. when i not trying to put grants in a gin because it's a cool thing to do mm. it's actually and and it's Cookies in the pudding with the, the awards. actually a really good quality products mm. The gin itself is really good. the yeah. bottle looks amazing. It's the whole like package. It,
2: yeah, I, was, I love that kind of like tequila, like worm in the bottle. Yeah, with the yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Kind of yeah. like yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it kind of makes it unique in that it's a gin with that kind of aspect. Yeah, um, but yeah. very, very much still Australian. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, like, it, like, we sold our first
5: like ten thousand bottles on maybe it being a label of a story. But now, when you actually go out to places and get people tried, they're like this actually. Yeah. Yeah, nice. you know? So now it's, it's not about the label or the story or anything. It's yeah. it's actually a, a genuine gin that's gonna be around for for a long time. Yeah, so absolutely. That's it. From there we that, went into that the wattle seed lager with mismatch, um we do great stuff too. So yeah. we've learned a lot of those guys about how they conduct their business and their story behind their um ingredients and that that helps them too, the story that they get from us that yep. we provide as well. So um their, they do, do it with their apples as well, you know, with their yeah. local, local apple
3: grower. Yeah, so the Allied Hills and Alan and Hills Sahara is run by a mismatch. It's owned run by a guy called Toby. He's actually an American guy. Um, a little short thigh. His dad
5: gave LeBron's first ever basketball. He did, actually. Yeah, his dad's a, doctor. Yeah, I was I was a little bit right, for yeah, 20 minutes. Crazy. <laughs> 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 is this a basketball soccer? <laughs> no um, um,
6: <laughs> we we'll
3: talk about AFL after. <laughs> <laughs> I hate AFL, I hate basketball. <laughs> he, um, He's an amazing guy. like Toby, he can like, talk the ears off a rabbit. Like, absolutely. <laughs> just. But his knowledge on alcohol is phenomenal. And, and he, he's recently put a lot of that uh, knowledge into, into indigenous ingredients as well. Um, he's, uh, he's really... On, he's just as much as I'm really passionate about making sure that all the things that he's making is, is in the right way. So, you know, he buys all his uh, aromatics... Uh, botanicals for his gin. Obviously, you gets some from somewhere wild, which you know goes back down the line to indigenous um, communities as well. So he's on the same sort of sort of vein. So I think how
5: Richard put it on him: Are you doing the right thing? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that <laughs> That's the famous story famous that Toby tells. Famous Am I doing the right thing by buying it? the story as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he makes genuinely really, really good parts. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. They yeah. got the Italian. Um, and also the 78 Degrees Gym yeah is yeah. so, really cool stuff yeah they very nice well, was it their
1: yeah. idea to use Green Ants or was that your guys idea I don't know to it's, it it of true. it's yeah. sort of a
6: yeah I don't
5: know the Green Ants know, I don't know we just I think didn't Renee do a, a gym in the moment pop up uh, I, I think that's emotional. how it sort of started yeah and, right. um, yeah and then Toby decided to do that so yeah. we went with it thinking it's just going to be a little one off and you know, yeah, yeah, make some money. Actually, sells the
3: most in Darwin, yeah, so right. Yeah, old, you know, well, there's no, green ants yeah. everywhere, yeah, like absolutely everywhere. You can't get away from them. Mm. And there's this one shop in Darwin just flies through the gym <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I think that with
5: the old stories, like we, all our stuff's permanent to take as well. So we try to get permits because you think in 10 20 years, you are talking about the st- sustainability mm-hmm. stuff. You actually want people to actually going and, and maybe getting a permit to be able to take stuff from anywhere around here, you know. Mm. Otherwise, looks like views are going to be going out and there's going to be nothing there. Because yeah. Some idiots just gone and snapping trees and snapping, you know, and we've done, like, we've, we've gone out to St. scene that and trees just snapped off, you know, the whole branch, you know, and chucked in the back of the car, like, they must be doing that or something. And it's just like, you know, it's going to eventually, that little yeah. area that you got that you picked will be smashed, you know. and. So it's yeah, before cool. I took Richard Gunner out to I we got surrounded Axel on the Kurong and we've got all this kakala grows, all native stuff and he's out we've got three boys that go out there, the Aboriginal boys that pick it and they're really careful with what they do and all the sustainability stuff. Richard goes out there and starts stepping on it, cutting it, cutting it, and and the boss of the Greens project that we've got going on down there is just looking at him like, I'm you gonna know, blood.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll tell him, you know. And he's his boss. So, Richard's his boss sort of thing. And I said, I'll tell him. So you can't be just walking on everything, man. And he goes, it's that much of it. All, exactly. Yeah. But that sort of talk. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. yeah. You, you're selling, <laughs> kilos, you're selling right, yeah. 100 kilos of it this week. You know? What, what happens if we've got to sell 500 kilos? It'll catch week? up. Yeah. Um, it'll, eventually, it'll eventually catch up on us. So, um, it's just to add that permit system to all our products and hopefully that people follow suit. Um so that in 10, 20 years, when everyone's doing it, the restaurant next door and everything. Respect
2: for the Respectful ingredients.
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: Those, it's the same yeah. Thing. yeah, it's the same thing so, in your kitchen.
2: We get ingredients in, and like, you hear about the stories about where they come from and how they were harvested and the people that harvested and the lengths that have gone to. And you kind of feel more connected to the ingredient in a way that you're kind of like, well, I don't want to like, fuck this up. Yes. Yeah. Because somebody's gone <laughs> to extreme lengths yeah. for this, and I yeah, really want to make sure that I yeah. do the right thing by one, making it taste good, but also, to like, you know, I'm not just going to get a magpie goose and just throw it down the kitchen or. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> throw it down the it's kitchen. Way, <laughs> yeah. Tenderizes so it. That's how we tenderize it. It's like AF,
0: Handballing yeah. Handballing it down the yeah. kitchen. Um, yeah, just respect
2: <laughs> the ingredients. Yeah, but. And look after them. Do the right thing by the yeah. ingredient, but also the right thing by the culture. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very
5: important. Cool. I remember before I like walked through the, the bush, and they were "This tree," that old man took us out in Bramaginny. Yeah. And he just knew every tree. and was like that tree, that tree, that tree, you know, and this and that. But he eventually, that yeah. Does. Eventually, if someone goes out and just does respect for that one tree, no respect for that one tree or that that man, someone steps on it, then he can't take his kids out there, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like the right. beehive, you know, like someone was that, mm-hmm. it's gone. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um. So talk, yeah, I guess more about like the stories and stuff. Um. You guys deal like probably – like chefs Chefs are the people that sort of are the most familiar with what you guys do and and, 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 the, and, the, and the produce that you guys have and probably are a bit more adventurous in what they eat and what they try and what they taste and all that sort of thing. But you've got to shop at the Adelaide Central Market as well where you can have sort of like direct engagement with the general public there and, and, and talk about some of your products and stuff. Like what's – the general public sort of response to these ingredients, like, is it obviously you're in there, Shannon, um, to to sort of maybe cha- like change the way ingredients might be packaged or used or something like that to make it more approachable. Yeah. Um, and sort of like, what's their response? Like, do you sell, for example, green ants out of the shop there, and then and, and the public will just be like, "Yep, these are on going to go on my food they're, tonight." They're, like, they're available
3: at the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all our greens are available at the shop. Yeah. Um, all fresh, our, fresh. yeah, fresh. So fresh carcass and all that sort of stuff that was picked that week. Um, and then all our gay meats and our sausages and stuff available all as well. Um, there, there's a bit of a, there's still a bit of a, a barrier there. Yeah. And, and it just comes down to education. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's kind of what I'm all about and making sure that it's, it's approachable and, and you know, using things in, in a way that people sort of can recognize. So. So we've started doing simple things like pickling kakala. So it looks like a pickle and it's like putting it, instead of putting a cucumber pickle on your burger, put carcala on your burger. Simple. Kimchi. carcala um, just works really well by like kimchi in it. It's yeah. actually delicious. So we started making that. So selling that through the shops is just a small way of doing it. Um, making simple salads out of walgreens and kakala and stuff like putting that together. Um, is a simple way of doing it as well. And, and, and I think it's a slow process. It is a slow process and making sure that people are um, aware of what they can do. And you, especially in the central markets where you're surrounded by fruit and veg um, places, the cheese guys down the road. so People got some really specific things that they go to the markets for. They go there to get really good produce. They go there to get really good cheese. They go there to go to a nut shop. They go to the feast spot first to get really good butchers stuff. And then they go to something wild and get something a little bit different. Yep. I thought um, he was just come and see me <laughs> sometimes <laughs> oh, maybe your brother a piece of people yeah. are walking that's in that's while you're probably. up here going oh, yeah, fuck, where the fuck's Daniel yeah, I yeah. when Stephen's there maybe but not you
4: It's <laughs> a little bit of a fucking <laughs> like, shite state of affairs like you, I know you've you got to do what you've got to do to communicate it and make it more familiar yourself to people but like pickling you know it's more of an athlete. Ethnic practice, kimchi, Korean, like, and, and we're in Australia using native ingredients yeah. and having to sell it to people by, hey, this is like what we do, and it was just a Korean thing, like, it's, it's like, like a, something, oh, yeah, like it's, just like, it's just so fucking lost. Like, yeah, but this, it's not a. I don't
3: like, think it's an overly bad thing.
4: Well, it's thing. cool for us yeah, because it is, we it is get cool to fuck with it.
3: Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah. it's also like there's no rules because people are going, oh, well, you know, what do you, what do you do with car color? Do with it what you want, but this is this is my suggestion how to yeah, use yeah. it. And this is how you can how you can eat it without having that sort of um, sort of reaction to it. going, Oh shit, it's actually quite astringent. Oil. Yeah. And I always go back to the same sort of uh, same story. So, so so one one idiot thousands of years ago got an onion out of the ground and ate an onion.
4: Yeah, or mm. or, or, or an oyster like who <laughs> yes, ate the first oyster? Like, <laughs> like what the hell was <laughs> going on there?
3: Well, so someone had to had to go there and, and eat car colour for the first time or Ooh. Kwandong or something like that and have that same reaction and go what the hell am I going to do with this yeah. but there's heaps of it how do we harness that sort of power well we can do this 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 with it and then it becomes a lot more powerful people to, to buy
1: it's like getting, getting away from that Bush Tucker kind of view where like where it's weird. We didn't use that word. Yeah, Adal. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. really yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a. It's the worst term. Like for that. it. Well, that's actually,
3: yeah. There was a movement, there was a bush tucker movement in the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. um, where a lot of people were, yeah, exactly, bush tucker. And out of that, we've got this sort of weird relationship with, with bush foods, with yeah. You know, ingredients. Yeah, people were all much more and, and, strange. And, we, and Jock was always a big one at saying, we, we screwed that up. The first time we screwed that up. And now. We're having to do so much more work to yeah. try and fix those issues. Because yeah. out of that, you, we've got some really good, like, macadamia dukkah. Yep. We've got some really shitty bush tomato relishes. We've got some really shit mountain pepper marinades in a jar. We've mm. got heaps of colours all over it. It's cool. mm. Hibiscus. Hibiscus. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hibis- it's one of, it's one of those the things. the best one, isn't it? It's one of Hibiscus those things flowers. that just... Yeah, uh, What is it? That's like- shocking. Um, but, but you know flower, like, that's but, what but, the same, but they sold for some stupid reason because they yeah. it was cool and the put exactly oh horrible but the, you know, we're trying we're trying to fix that yeah yeah. Um, and we, we, we're we getting there getting there but unfortunately some of those people are still around still pushing that kind of shit yeah mm. Um, just yeah. really really uh, it's almost like a bit of a joke yeah but so that's yeah, what,
4: that's, yeah, that's how it's looked at. Like, yeah, that is yeah, how it's looked at be- yeah.
3: because of what happened, you know, 25 years ago. Yeah. So we're trying slowly sort of peg it back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. People even still think like kangaroo is going to be weird tasting or like, or it's a weird exotic
1: ingredient. It's like it's fucking meat. Like, well, like, you know, we you a chef, we, 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 yeah. we were on a, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Channel 10. That oh.
2: Last year we did a little cooking segment oh, on the a, on yeah, a Saturday morning yeah. show, right? Oh, yeah. We did this kangaroo dish and. We got there. We get already make up,
4: you know, make up fourth, sure. kind of, <laughs> <laughs> to
1: for it. Sure. I didn't need it. <laughs> a bit of, did it. Oh, no, I, I did. We were <laughs> fucked the night so I was, I was
2: yeah. fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and makes me a And we so we're getting everything ready and we're sorted out. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the the studio's right there and they're filming, and you hear the the tagline to our segment: Are the hosts going to eat this? Yeah. Uh, no, we uh, we, we bush, bush tucker weed bush tucker
1: and I was like oh, yeah. it was did, they, yeah. did they
2: actually just say that Yeah. 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 I mean, if they would said that if they if well, did had even us occurred to, us to us? say that I would have been like I don't want to <laughs>
1: no. do it yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. But but it didn't even occur to us and we, did, we decided that dish we are like oh this is kind of what, what we want to take to the restaurant I so wouldn't have like, thought about it anyway it was a thinly sliced kangaroo roll like seared and rolled in wattle seed with a couple of beachy like, veg and some pickled muntries and We didn't think it was that weird, but then the the, the way they framed it was like,
4: oh, are we gonna, oh, are we gonna eat it. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it was like, yeah, fuck, yeah, it's
1: yeah. it's a fucking salad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and then we, we got
2: on there and they were, we were like, oh, so we're doing kangaroo today, or what, what are we? One or two? Okay. Oh no no, it, yeah, it was, it was kangaroo. kangaroo. It was kangaroo, yeah. And um and they're like, oh, kangaroo. Yeah, and they and eating like, you're gonna eat our coat of arms. I was like, actually, yeah, we're not one of the. Like yeah, you're many helping. Many yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just like, <laughs> fuck me. Many countries in the world eat their coat of arms cut to an ad we come back and they pulled up this uh, map of the world yeah. and all the countries that eat their code of yeah rum. they just missed like,
1: the point so badly
2: oh my god we, we, we yeah. just
1: want to talk is, about this that's not like the media so. yeah yeah cool. I, I would have yeah. got hell angry oh
3: yeah. I was just and like this is just stupid like, Man, no, that's just, that, just that, that, gonna, this the basic uh, ignorance and stupidity really yeah exactly um, and there's not helping the situation yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, if, if everybody sort of got involved and everybody not just hospitality industry but you know the greater food industry that uh, the media actually said, "This is not a joke. We're, we're trying mm. to do something that's sustainable, long-term future, and it's mm. the way I've always seen it. It's like way Daniel definitely sees it, and so it's, it's got to be a, a long-term thing mm. and things like that. It just takes us two steps back. Yeah. It keeps it a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it does. Yeah. It's, 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 we're not, it's, it's not, you it's, guys. It's you guys are making money. This, this is, is how you. This is how I make my living. It's how Daniel makes his living. it's not. This is how we're going to do it for forever. It's not a." a a couple of months, sort of. Um, it's not fashion. This mm. is this is what we do.
4: And sorry, this is how shit was done, fucking thousands of years ago what, before you, you were on were... TV laughing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the funny yeah, exactly. thing, right, is like
2: we. It, it's it, it's a, yeah, a real kind of racist issue, right? One of the funny things I always kind of find is like Chinese or Asian people come to Australia, and everyone always says, "Why can't they just?" You know, drive like normal people, or you know, all these kind of like eat. eat you know, why do they always eat at Asian restaurants? or in Australia, they should eat at Australian restaurants. It's like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, you're literally saying this to them, but yeah. then you won't accept your own, like, where you come from in terms of, like, the country yeah. and the land yeah. you're living in. I'm going in for a, a ball of pasta. How, how yeah. old's that? How yeah. old's, like, you know, I, this just seems so wrong. Why yeah, exactly.
1: can't <laughs> <Right. laughs> these spaghetti bolognese like Australian people do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For <the> 200 <laughs> years. Yeah. With a yeah. chicken parmigiana like <laughs> yeah. a good Aussie. Yeah, yeah.
6: Like, <laughs> like. yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. It's, it's where we, we get a lot of a lot of frustration out of it with that kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to, it can be around
4: to education. Hopefully, yeah. it's, it's and hopefully people. that's working and it's slowly changing. Yeah, it's positive definitely. If, if, yeah. It definitely yeah. Is. yeah, well, one of my big
3: things is is, is the kangaroo thing because like, kangaroo is such a such a good mate to use. Yeah, not, uh, but there's only been a few cuts kind of available, and it's becoming mm-hmm. slightly better. has been companies like Paro are doing an excellent job of making it a lot more accessible to people. And you know, kangaroo tail, yeah, amazing. Um, the, the the strip ones always been great. It's stuff like that has got to be really get out there. I and mean, there's there's actually there's Two or three million more kangaroos and humans in Australia, right? Mm. So it's it's, a, it's an issue. Yeah, it's like an, an issue. Yeah. Um, so we need to uh, we need to start eating. I think one of the like <laughs> yeah. essentially as a, as a population, we just in, in general need to start doing. Not for uh, like obviously there's obviously benefits for us, our health as wise. chefs and and, and 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 health wise, we can eat more of it. But benefits to the kangaroo population as well, because it keeps it at a level that's manageable. Um, mm. So, and it's not like it's, there's, I, I sort of understand the whole, well, I actually don't understand the whole Dakota Arms um, sort of thing, but there's a lot of, you know, animal activists out there going, we can't do that. Can't well, of think, mate, to, we, we, we need, we need we to, need those, uh,
2: baby so. yeah. Baby ones. You see a little baby kangaroo, you're like, oh, it's pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It yeah, it is,
4: yeah. So are lambs. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, to what,
0: like. So,
2: is it, so, is so a little
4: cow, chicken, What you were yeah. saying,
0: yeah. Shannon, I mean, like. It's 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 interesting. Like I've met quite a few people that are environmentally conscious that only eat things like fish that they've caught themselves or kangaroo and stuff like that. And and their incentive to consume protein, like you know meat protein, is is environmentally you know based. It it it's almost kind of a shame in a way, though, that that's like what gets people across line rather than it's 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 an Australian product that's a good product to to eat. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. Like yeah. just because it's not doesn't taste like beef, like yeah. just you like know. Carrots. But but I, I guess that's another like I mean that might that might sort of be a bright thing for the future of consuming things like kangaroo is is that people are more environmentally conscious and 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 like what you were saying we need to fucking eat them definitely <laughs> like <laughs> 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 yeah like, <laughs> take a bite <laughs> of it <laughs> yeah the
2: environmental impact of like the production of beef is just. Yes, like, yeah, it's huge. Huge
4: yeah. amount of water and like where mm-hmm. is something and, wow, we're, and, we're, and we're not a densely yeah. like in the scheme of things a densely populated country. Go to go to America. I saw some horrific ranches yeah. traveling oh, through oh, County, California. Yeah, yeah okay. they're just on top of one another. Yeah, like can't move antibiotics. it's disgusting. And the smell, like, and all you can see is cattle. Yeah, like okay. by, and like we'll just like close the windows turn the economy and just keep up yeah. Yeah. is that right oh, wow. disgusting wow. and then you years. see like the ranch like the yeah. owner like 10 k's up the road away from the stench with the chopper and the ranch yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> scary yeah, yeah right <laughs> really scary yeah. because that's what the point is like we're not you know Australia's very different like that in yeah. the scheme yeah. of things we're not densely populated. Yeah, no, like, no, no, like, no. This, this is not country, bad yeah. Yeah. But if, yeah, if you can do
1: something that drops the consumption of other Mass produced meats like eating kangaroo, that's
4: wild and yes, it's only beneficial really. Yeah, absolutely. What are the other ones that you guys like, poor? Uh, emu, buffalo, buffalo, wild yep. boar, camel, yep.
2: um, duck, goat, goat, um, goat's starting to become really quite, quite popular. Goats, yeah, goats, one like, of the biggest sellers yeah. in the shops, yeah, one like yeah. oh, Camel hump, is really good sellers, yeah. I
6: saw, so,
1: um.
5: I think you're in something about like the
6: camel
5: hunt. Yeah. yeah, there's like yeah, like we're native, native, green native game. and it's wild. And wild. wild yep. and stuff Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, camels
3: an issue. Oh, massive yeah. issue. Goats obviously a massive issue in Australia as well. Buffalo issue. Mm-hmm. Boars. Buffalo is an issue. Yeah. Boar. Boar's delicious. At yeah, we, boar's is, we is so. have got some issues. though. <laughs> 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 we have some, some tasty, tasty issues. Delicious <laughs> issues. Delicious issues. Which we can turn not into an issue. Yeah. But it's been a long, long, long process. Well, that's how, yeah. we, that's how the goose actually started. That's
5: how we got a permit because they're, they're an issue. They were an issue, or they are an issue. So we work with the mango farmers to try yeah. to remove the goose off their property because they destroy, I think it was 15% of crops.
4: Yeah. Every
0: year. In a
3: short season? As yeah, well. so. That is smash mangoes. You should see them. Smash it. mango. Like, they're tasty. I've different. seen it Who doesn't love a good yeah. mango though, eh? Oh, right. so <laughs> really beautiful. Well, okay. Who good. doesn't love <laughs> a good mango? <laughs> so they're, doing like, so they're doing
5: like 15, 20 mangoes a day, like one bird. Wow. <laughs> oh.
3: Yeah. <I> <laughs> and
4: just pe- a, they pe- pe- just kicked them up. That's all they heard is just. So they're, they're actually quite tall birds. Oh, okay. The mango tree sort of
3: hangs low. They're just like picking at this. Thank you. People get
0: told
5: to shoot them, right, as a pest shoot them off the property so you get to mango farms and there's shot goose in piles or just left them. Oh, yeah. so if you talk about us hunting and using them and selling
2: the chefs, if that's the problem that's not a problem people just you know <laughs> well, it's just a lot more sustainable actually using it as well, well exactly like, yeah, or ring us them. you know what
5: shoot them ring us we'll come and pick them up yeah just yeah, yeah. to
2: my family they they'll, they'll
0: yeah. or something you yeah. know like, there's so much waste like that That's like kangaroos as well there's private farmers out there that cull kangaroos just off their own back because they're yeah. fucking shit up and they oh, just get left yeah. to rot like,
3: that's, you know yeah. and there's companies like Paru who are setting up but they've currently got like a got, oh, I can't remember the number but there's a lot uh, like, like drop stations so still chill in the middle of yeah. fucking nowhere yeah. pretty much that, that, someone's a big expense um, and shooters can go there and you do their shooting whether they're off these farms they can drop them at this cool room and then once every three or four days a truck comes through picks all the roofs up um, goes on the next one next one and go down yeah. to the processing facility mm-hmm. um, so that kind of thing we need to have more of them around um, yeah, that's yeah, that's good. Good. Um, but that's yeah, a really s- simple way of doing it's obviously costly but it works mm-hmm. it yeah, works cool. that's a really really good uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a sustainable practice yeah it yeah. is
2: yeah. really good we've had out there or
5: just sort of Smash us on Facebook, everyone. Really? Yeah. Look, I respect where they're coming from. Obviously, I don't. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not
0: a logical argument. Yeah. It's just because you like furry, cuddly animals. Yeah,
5: it's it's pretty yeah. full on, but the the way that everyone have done things for like, hundreds of years, you know, it's don't question me, you know. Fuck <laughs> knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the way <laughs> you. This is the way I kill a goose, you know, or this is the way I kill a kangaroo. This is the way I. I, I but so
1: it's also... I respect
5: that. That animal. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's how it is, Sits with me, so. That's it.
0: Yeah. You've got a way deeper understanding of nature and these animals and their environment than you do. Yeah, like um, far out. There's someone in Newtown. What well, is
5: it first contact. Did anyone see First Contact? Yeah, yeah. Them. And they took, they took 10 people from Melbourne, Sydney, everyone out. I have seen it, yeah. Um, took them out to, uh, my homeland outside of Nullumbore in Narnam there. Um, and, uh, my brother, Marcus, he, he, he caught a, a turtle with the, with them and pulled it back in. It was nighttime, you're not allowed to kill a turtle through, um, through cultural reasons um, at night. Mm-hmm. So they've let it sit in the boat overnight and all the, the 10 people they took for, for uh, first contact were crying and they're like, how can you do this? And he's pulled them aside because it sort of went... They all went to sleep and they started arguing and little talks between each other about what he was able to think doing and that sort of stuff. And in the morning, he sort of sat them down he said, you're here as visitors. This is what we have done for thousands of years. My grandfather passed this down to me. We don't do that at night and it happens the next day. So when the, when they woke up, the turtle, they put the turtle there in front of them yeah. and showed them this is what happens.
4: Everyone was crying and
3: everything, but Oh it's like, so way of life. That's that's the way. So, the way of life, and, and it's not like you do that every day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I think one lady even, she said, no, I can't do this anymore. I'm going well. So. Yeah, but, but, but you're quite happy eat, to go eat, and, and like, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that, that would be my sort of thing. But you're quite yeah. happy to have, sit out having a thousand and thousands of sheep and it's, cows a bit. What is the actual difference? What's the actual difference? There's none. And these guys are doing that when When it happens, and, and, and Jock always tells me a story about when he was up that way as well, and, and the dugong,, yeah. so dugong's obviously people are pretty upset about the whole dugong thing. It was I don't know it was a population or whatever, but yeah, it's, a, really. it's a thing, but Jock he yeah. was like, okay, they were, they were, they were out there on a boat, and whoever he was with, the fellas were like, "If the dugong comes up next to the boat, we're not hunting for a dugong first of all, we're out there." But if a dugong comes up to the boat at a certain time of the month and a certain moon phase, whatever it is, that means it's a sign. It's a sign that we're going to take that dugong. That is that is for us to for us. That's just the way it's going to it happen. Could be a flower that pops up on the beach that says. There's a sign it's for time it. for it. yeah, um, and and it actually happened. It actually yeah. happened. So so therefore it was it was almost like the dugong was saying, okay, it is time for you as, as a thing, you know? it doesn't yeah. happen that single day. You know? mm. At a certain time, this, it's is cultural, this is what happens. Um, whereas, you know, if that had happened, we don't do the same thing for cows.
6: <laughs> <Or chef laughs>
1: if the de-
3: cow happens to come down as the abattoir, no, no, that's, that's <laughs> a sign. <side. laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> <yeah. laughs> well look it's it's, it's, it's a day. In it's in almost Dubai, last so, time so it's <laughs> not this yeah. So but but it's uh, it's respectful, it doesn't have every single day, so it's okay. And that Dugong would have fed how many people? The whole family, two yeah. families, three families, right. for, uh, for a number of days. Weeks. Weeks. Exactly. And it would all be, you so, wouldn't just take fulfill uh, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, everything. And the same it's thing we said yeah. about cultures, cultures you know, around the world. Yeah. We actually talked about what they do in places like Iceland or the uh, Faroe Islands. Oh, my God. would be would be far more shocked. Anything
5: I've killed after you, yeah, and oh, I, yeah, learned yeah. That, oh, I learned that. I that from when I was ten. We went out hunting magpies, mm. and this hawk's flying. There was no goose, so I'm sitting there with the gun, and this hawk's flying over. And my dad's over there, and I'm just going like, got it for a shot shot, course
6: you did, that. Ten year old going ten going ten anyway, It hit the ground,
5: and you know it was like a little bit of a laugh or whatever. But then my dad's gone, get up, start a fire, and you're going to eat it now Yeah, and I'm like, what? I said. You want to shoot something and be a smart ass. Good lesson.
6: Yeah. Anyway,
5: <laughs> put on the fire, I did, and I was like pretty much crying. Yeah. I don't eat this thing, you know, it's a bloody walk, you know. <laughs> and anyway, just before I was about to eat it, he goes, This is your lesson, man. you never do that again. Don't ever, <laughs> eat, don't ever shoot anything that you're not going to eat. Yeah. You know, so that, that's so, that's probably the thing. So, as,
3: as kindergarten kids from now on, we're going to implement an education system, that starts yeah, with that it's, it's really <laughs> true. That's true. So we're
2: it's so, true. Like we're so disconnected to like the whole process of food. Like we talked yeah. about, about this. yesterday. Oh, we, like, we
1: couldn't get a whole chicken from a local butcher today. Yeah, like, no butcher <laughs> had whole chickens. Yeah, it's, it was like we so, <laughs> so to I
2: went to three butchers. None of them had whole chickens. They were all broken down. I was like, right. So no one buys whole chickens anymore. Yeah, so but, like, but you know, mm. uh, we're talking about this whole kind of uh, In schools. They've kind of merged uh, agriculture and hospitality, so that kids are aware: of it. Yeah. carrots don't grow on supermarket shelves; they grow on the ground. They have dirt on them, and it's okay. I think that the next step after that is also getting kids to understand that animals actually do die for you to eat them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, beef is not grown in a test tube yeah. yet. Yeah, um, <laughs> so possibly at some point. It's not grown in Glad Wrap. Yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the understanding of yeah. the whole process, and 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 you know, death is a part of it. But also be respectful of it and understand yeah. that if there is a you know something on your plate, you know, mm. yeah, I just kind of similar. I grew up on kind of a farm with my my grandparents and you know, my grandfather. I remember like being very young, and my grandfather would kill animals all the time. You, you oh. are ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. oh, like yeah, yeah, go pull the head off that goat. That. <laughs> <put her on>. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> tell, tell me, me. Tell, tell me. slaughter a goat for tea. We'd go, we'd go up, we'd go up to Norellen, and we'd buy. Some cows or a little little baby potty calf, we bring it home, and my my grandfather would just be like, just feed it, yeah. You know? <laughs> but in a very like, my grandfather is really funny because you kind of get that perception of like, oh man, ruthless Italian. He cared for animals more than anyone yeah. I've ever met. Yeah, like he would go to the moon and back for any animal, but he also un- understood that the circle of life of, of yeah. how what's going to end up. And yeah, he'd feed it, feed it, feed it, and then all of a sudden be like, all right, it's time. And I remember one of the first times I ever like really actually remember it, or seeing it, and he had this sledgehammer, and he just hits it over the head of the sledgehammer, knocks it out, and then just cuts it through. And I As was you do. There, like, <laughs> I was like six years old and just been like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, all right and I remember going home and I told my mum and my mum was just like mortified she yeah. just like <laughs> called my dad like, yeah. what yeah. is your dad doing you know done. showing me all this stuff he's six years old he's too young and I'm like and I said to my mum like, I, I don't know where I was just like I was like mum it's fine Like, that's what happens that's, and I said so that's what happens like, like, <laughs> yeah I've got my I, I got like taught that from so yeah, young yeah. so I understood him. and you know if, yeah. and then you know a couple of days later I'd have beef on my plate my daughter would be like you eat all that Anyway. if I didn't eat it it'd be like sledgehammer so yeah, yeah.
5: came
2: up. <laughs> 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 All or the wooden
1: spoon basically the yeah. same thing though that's quite Definitely a harsh lesson yeah. but like that's something that kids need to realise exactly someone dies eat the whole thing yeah. eat, eat you fucking awful a couple of years ago we
5: we got a goose and it was still alive so I took it home I thought I'm going to try feed this one up see what happens I had it for probably a week and feeding it up at an occasion I said nah I let this thing go I've done it like get a little bit soft on on these things you know so we let it go and it just hung around so then my, my little nephews hungry. and nieces they started naming it and it was sort of just sitting on the fence and it wouldn't leave and hanging around and come back and honk and everything and then my dad comes there and the kids were playing with it and then one day it didn't turn up they are like where's, where's Glenn the goose you know they were like <laughs> crying <laughs> and I got home and said what's going on they're crying no, they can't find those goose and I'm like well, I, I don't know, know. And then, Daniel fucking changing the way of life here these kids won't go goose, hunt, goose hunting when they get older because they like this goose you know yeah so, so he, watch you out when it comes back
2: you kill it or let it go or something so, yeah yeah, and it yeah. <laughs> <off>. yeah. the <laughs> Italian <laughs> word just snap it to you kind of like as you're doing that and being part of that kind of process you don't really see it that way like you don't yeah. see it as like what, oh. you're, what you're doing long term yeah. you see it as like oh yeah it's all just fun like, yeah. it's just the kids but mm. the long term effect of that is exactly what your, your dad said like and that's I guess, the long-term effect of what's happened now with taking pets probably a little bit too far in some yeah. aspects. Like, you know, cats and dogs, obviously, fine. But you hear some people have, like, the most ridiculous pets now. And it's like, well, of course you're <laughs> going to get really attached to You've it. You've got yeah. goats. Yeah, yeah, but they're not pets. Yeah, we yeah. Kill them. you name them, though. Oh yeah, but like,
1: when you get attached to them in that way. Like, it's because not... you saw fucking shit when you were six. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. That's all it. All yeah, you, learnt, learnt, you, you, you learn. You learn early. You learn from, from real a young age. Yeah. No pets. No, no
5: wild. Yeah. I the
1: times that you eat. It
2: all comes down to education. Yeah, and shout
0: out to chefs as well for you know pushing nose to tail eating and pushing sort of respect for ingredients because that's what something that you know you you see more and more these days. It's like every chef worth this salt it's going to educate people about why they're using the ingredients they are and, and, and where they come from so yeah, that's right. shout out to yeah, chefs yeah, for that yeah. Yeah. Um, but
1: don't make them good likes no no of, so let's right. keep your bottom line right it's not like we're fucking working yeah. like oh better use that up make some more money <laughs> well, that's right. Just that's <laughs> much how it is. It's like, it's like oh, bag buckets, And it's sustainable. Really expensive. Oh, what
2: are we going to do? Yeah. Right, we'll make I ham and, use and we'll everything. get 400 portions out of it. <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's yeah. literally how, you, yeah. but it's, it's, it's how you have to think about it. And it's also good to think about it that way because then you're, yeah. you're maximizing from not like a well, sustainability standpoint as well. Like yeah. We've yeah. gone through, like, right. in the last six months, we've probably gone through like 20 goose. We have to. That's like you, you
3: have to butterfly a lot of. And we've always had one. Yeah, yeah. To actually, really,
0: yeah. then yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I'm going to start wrapping up this little segment, but so like the last thing that I guess I want I wanted to ask you guys was the Australian landscape is so diverse. There's um such a plethora of ingredients that grow everywhere. Do you, are you guys continuing to sort of educate yourselves on what's available in different parts of Australia and, oh, and form relationships? Did, like yeah. how do you Every, go about that process? All the time. All the yeah. time.
3: Um I think pretty excited to uh, carry that now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely absolutely. When Tom said all go, we'll go to the hills, yeah, wicked. Awesome. That's what I want to do. Um probably <laughs> well, <fair enough>, these <laughs> days. It was yeah. oh, <laughs> like, like it just <laughs> broke <laughs> us, <laughs> it first? Um <laughs> especially when I was um When we're, when I was at Arana, um, and, and, and Jock was always big on, we were on a, is an Australian restaurant. We're not a a local guy who picks things from within 5Ks of the restaurant, which is all well and good. Go for it. You're doing a great thing for the the community. But Arana was an Australian restaurant. So we had, I really do have a really diverse network of supply from, from the Kimberley to Southwest WA to, northern Queensland, uh, northern New South Wales, stuff from everywhere. And you're sort of finding out things, where things are in season here, when they're not in season here, and season up there, whatever. whatever. So the, the, just the, the nature of Australia and the, how huge the continent is yeah. and the, the the climates that are everywhere okay. is, is phenomenal. Um, my favourite, probably one of my favourite sort of species of things to, to talk about is, is Sisygiums, which is um, Lyriculis. Mm-hmm. um all that kind of family. The clove is a scissor gym. It's actually the, the dried stamen of a flower that comes from South America originally. But yeah, lily pillies, and the, the lily brush cherries, um, there's pomaga fruits, there's a whole bunch of them, and they all grow um, everywhere. Pretty much mainly down the east coast of Australia from the very, very tip down to sort of around this area, actually. Lots of it. Yeah, But lots of them are people's front yards as well, especially mm. in Adelaide. So it's yeah. Like um, but there's Come always on. one that's in season around in Australia at some time yeah right at some point mm-hmm. in the, the calendar there's always one that's always in season so you will got to get one of them so Lily the are currently in season that day right now probably just finished up here just yeah. done uh, brush up here. Yeah. Yeah, so brush shows will probably start soonish and then margar fruits probably later on uh, so wow. it's just this fascinating sort of cycle um, and you could name that for lots of different families um, the Aspen family is probably one of them as well whereas Aspens are in season in Down, but they're not in season in Sunshine Coast. So there's there's all these really fascinating kind of things that they've got the same like almost, like
2: band almost. You know what I mean? Like you kinda of, I kind of you, Australia's kinda of like like three or four different bands yeah, band, yeah, like yeah like across Yeah, but then there's that then in between like, as well. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um and that's why uh, I find it so fascinating. There is there's always things out there. Um and we had a when we were at a run I had a forager who lived in, um, lived in, uh, yeah, what's the name of his name?
0: Nimbin. 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 He lived in Nimbin, just outside of Nimbin. So he had
3: like a... I was thinking, well, fine. Fine. No, but, it's yeah, a good mushroom around by, Yeah, all it that sort extra, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but he, he had like a, he would always send stuff down to us You go, fuck, I've never seen this before. Where is this? And he's like, oh yeah, it from this person. Um. Comes from up north and whatever you know, fucking. And then you do a bit of research, you've got another whole family of things. So mm. you're trying to go, I want to eat that, I want this, I want that. And I was in sort of ingredients in from all sorts of places. Some of them really good, some of them fucking terrible. Like some of them you just go, oh, look, the blue kwandong is one Blue dog is beautiful for it, looks amazing, useless as fuck. Well. Yeah. Can't do a fucking, well, I've found, i found, can't do a fucking. Like, you just, want to, you just want to do something. It's a beautiful, so, bright so blue like, yeah. berry thing. Mm-hmm. No, I like a red Qandong. Quantum. is much better than South Australia. The blue mm-hmm. one's, like, useless. But it tastes like shit. Can't get it away from the stone, freezes in the room. just terribly. It's just... Ugh. I wish I could find a way to do it, but at the yeah, yeah. time i do it. But at the time, I was just like, I really want to use it, but I can't. But I found it. And I know what it is like now. I'll put it on the list. Cross it out. Do whatever you want. Cool, and try and move on to the next one. Yeah, um, and that's what I'm finding. with these guys every time I on a Darwin, it's like, oh shit, you've got this here, and you can get this here, and you know, what time of year do you get that? So it's like it's really a, a constant process of, of learning. Yeah, um, and and finding new things. And there's some depending on who you talk to. There's anywhere between five and twenty thousand ingredients out there that are edible. Um, so really, we've just kind of scratched the surface. And do
0: you, do you do you get just random people approaching you from different pockets of Australia saying, "Hey, we, we forage this stuff. Maybe you're not familiar with it. That sort of thing." Like um,
3: that, that's definitely happened.
0: Yep, definitely happened.
3: Yeah, people wanting to send us stuff in. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. well, you're going through like social media and stuff, and you found that you know someone's using this, or that just picked up this particular kind of <laughs> whatever it is, and you're like. I need that in my life. Yeah, okay. So the, 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 <laughs> yeah. Thing, the thing that's that something we all sort of offer is that if if
5: we get someone to pick something, they can pick it every season and move to the next season and grab that stuff and grab that because we've got, what, 100 restaurants with servers. You know, we can actually be able to sell it and keep buying it. Mm. Whereas, I suppose when chefs are that go there, you like to sell to one person. You, know, you get that all year round but only small quantities. So mm. it's not really... I mean, it's a, it's a life changer, but it's, you yeah, know, we can actually... Put people on and, and pay them a fair bit for
3: it. So we yeah, got yeah. one thing; they might have another thing during another season, and the other thing is yeah. then they thing Then they actually in their heads, they might think, "Oh, well, I can get bush apples this time of year." But then, in about a month's time, I can get something different. Yeah, oh, cool. So keep that sort of process going, mm. Mm. Yes. and
5: it, it's all sustainable. That's the main thing. So, mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I didn't didn't explain a little bit of that, sustainability stuff is you know with with Aboriginal culture and the kinship system, everything's. Everything you walk through in the whole land is either Yidditcha or Dua. So you got a, you might have a, a pandanus tree and a paperbuck tree, one is Yidditcha, one Dua, which means, and the same as with men and women, one is Yidditcha and one is Dua, which means they don't marry.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: One tribe collect one thing and the other, the other tribe um, eat it, sort of thing. Yeah, right. Um, so crocodile, a totem for a crocodile might be Yidditcha people. And then uh, stingray could be Dua people. So these people will eat it and those people will eat crocodile. Yeah. But they won't, because yeah. that's the total. Yeah. So it keeps all that of sustainability. If yeah. you talk about um the nations and that, all over Australia, within those nations you have your kinship systems where Yidditcha, Dua, Yidditch there could be six within that nation, but you can only marry dua. So that woman could be dua yeah. and a man's yiddica. They marry that their kids are other. and it's all that sustainability and it's full on system.
2: So mm.
0: bloody earth, there's a lot, of lot to learn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. right. so, well, yeah.
2: that's, that's probably Aaron's next level. Explained a lot of the uh, the marriage kind of customs yes. to us last year. I was like, I was just blown away. Yeah. I that was just yeah, it was amazing. There's yeah, so yeah. much, so many. um yeah, so many customs absolutely. that you're like, oh wow, that's yeah. like really well, it's intense. It's just, it's just right. a lot more complex than the sort of normal perception that we have. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's like, that's like
1: absolutely.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Actually, Within we, Arnhem, there's like there's there's eight different, you know, groups um, in that nation, and there's four Yiditcha, four Doa, so they know who they have to marry, and there's no Yidditcha Yiditcha because you fuck up the whole yeah. system.
3: Yeah. So that's actually zero chance of incest. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, you poison oh, cousins. Over, over, you've got to look at you know thousand, thousand, knowledge and your mother in
5: law, yeah. which is a great thing. Um, but <laughs> things, like, things like that, you know, like it stops at all. You got poisoned cousins, so you, you go around them then you see someone shake their hand, they don't shake your hand like a like normal. They'll put their hand on their brain, cut off their blood because so, that's their poison cousins like, because that's that's how it's Oh
6: wow. That's how
5: it's developed now. You you're not, not gonna say hello these days. You know, yeah. Maybe back a hundred years ago when um, you know, you just ignore that person altogether. But the way it's developed now within that that circle of life, even if even if I adopt the person, they automatically become what I am, Yidditcha and their wife it Even if you're white, you come into that circle now as well. And then you could go to Raman Ginning and say, oh, "I'm adopted by this guy," and they'll they automatically say, "Well, you call me Dad." Yeah, what you right. I mean, well, my brother.
3: Fascinating. Fascinating. That's, the whole thing. That's is really really fascinating. Yeah it's, yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and um, it's amazing how how it, it all comes back to sort of a respect for the land as well and nature.
5: Yeah, oh, everything is
1: land yeah. and nature. Yeah, um, sustainability before was a fucking buzzword. Every- before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's right. right. Yeah. We talk about sustainability
2: now. We're like, yeah, sustainability. And it's like yeah. Yeah, sustainability. as opposed to like just way of life. Yeah, yeah. No, this is just the way we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like really it's, simply. Yeah, that's yeah, just absolutely. you just do it. That first thing I way.
1: heard yeah. about that is it was a standard, when they fish for something, they leave the bones mm-hmm. there. And yeah. then the, the, the people know what they've done. It's just
5: like fuck. That's just like the simplest way. Yeah, <laughs> even song, being similar land. Songlines like, are known where to fish yeah. and and all that. There's no maps. We don't have encyclopedias. It's all dance. Mm. So people were dancing 100 years ago about those hills over there and where you walk and where you stand to get like it's all in the songs. Songlines and that. Mm. So we we got songlines where you dance and um there's you know there's a there's a valley like that and there's water there and sing about people, uh, animals w- walking through there to get to the water. That's where you go hunt, kangaroo or yeah. whatever, that sort of stuff. So it gets, it's really complex and yeah. amazing. It's pretty cool though. Amazing.
3: Story. <laughs> Sorry, <Tony>. It's <laughs> a <laughs> whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> oh, can just talk oh, about it. Right? Uh, yeah, we can do a whole series. <laughs> about, I think he was trying, the first time he was trying to explain it to me the kinship system was like on the car or on the plane to Ramo. And I was just like, this needs to be a much Conversation. Yeah. conversation <laughs> so you,
5: don't, you yeah. don't learn you, learn you don't me, learn yeah. it you have to grow in it yeah. and, and know it you can't I mean, you're still you, learning about it yeah you blo- it blows your mind you know mm. like becoming a man at this age and you, you just you learn it as you go sort of thing That's mm. um, yeah, full on
0: yeah so. cool. and
5: that's where you get Aboriginal people still trying to find obviously that's been taken a little bit through here so you got you know you you get Aboriginal people they are always going to be Aboriginal, and they want to know more about their past and their identity. You know, because you've got people up in the Northern Territory that got that strong culture still, but um, some people that don't—they're Aboriginal, but it's been taken
3: from them. It's, it's alive and well up, yeah. up there because they've still got their—they've got their land, and they're still on their land. Whereas um, really? obviously, you've got the, the displaced nations, in Sydney yeah. and Ghana, for example, and that sort of there they've lost that mm. Um, mm. and obviously some of them trying to get back but it's they've, they've lost that because of displacement mm. um, which is why they yeah. so <laughs> you've got you yeah. guys for example, example the Larrake who've got who've got their land back through so, know, a whole lot of political stuff and very 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 a long process but they've got it back and they're happy and they're able to celebrate that kind of way of life still you yeah. mm. so, were incredibly lucky to have people like you Daniel that um willing to share these stories and this
2: knowledge and this kind of uh, who you are like for me I feel really privileged to be able to be a part of it I feel really like lucky like I'm like like, I honestly can't believe I'm sitting here with you right now Mm -hmm. hearing these kind of stories about um, a country that I've grown up in and I love Mm -hmm. but I don't really know Know anything more.
4: about yeah. yeah And
2: I'm like yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm learning about Where I grew up For the first time again. Yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, but We did a dinner When we did our last Native dinner We had um, uh, Clarence and Fred From French Bush Tucker Who's uh, He's indigenous And he came up to me At the, end of the dinner And he gave me a hug And he said That's some of the best Indigenous food we've ever had And like Every time I tell that story, yeah. I get goosebumps. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. like, that, a that means more, more to me than. What... As well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a surly fucker before oh, that. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He he's was pretty quiet. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. But like that means more to me than like anything yeah. anyone can yeah. Yeah, say. <laughs> <laughs> Food's
1: yeah. such a good bridge in that sense. Because yeah. I mean, for us, we started off as like, oh, there's stuff other restaurants don't use. Let's get some of that. And it was like, oh, right, there's these stories behind it. And it makes you want to read, makes you want to learn more. And then mm. find out these stories. I think food is a, such a good starting point to learn about a culture, and almost any culture as well, like, yeah, whether it's around the world. But indigenous culture where these stories aren't out there and not well yeah. known, it's, it's a perfect
0: mm. medium just going to start out.
2: Yep.
0: Fantastic. Maybe we'll leave it there, guys. We'll, um, finish, we'll just do a little wrap-up, and um, and then we'll get you guys out of here, take a photo. Um you guys have got you guys have got some work to do. Uh, you guys have got your event your event tonight featuring all of something wild's ingredients. Right, this isn't on, going to come out before I'm tonight, so don't
1: don't say crack on. It not fucking one AM last night.
0: Fucking I
4: saw crack. Um, <laughs> guys, a Andy, call? Tom, oh, yeah. Simon.
0: Is there anything else you want to plug or any anything else you wanted to talk about quickly before we finish? Um, I'll probably no. say your thanks to yeah. the guys and that for the support and that for
5: obviously the business and. Guys, thank you so much and for coming down. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's amazing. And actually, I mean, we, we get to a lot of places of eating that and, you know, you try to form those relationships, which is good. So mm. thanks, thanks to the boys. How do, how do
0: people get in touch with you guys?
5: Um... Oh, i just start a fire and smoke and,
6: and be there.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, no, no! Going around the fire with no. a fucking butterfly magnifying you said. I'm wearing And some green energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can
5: follow Motlott Four um, at on um, Instagram or otherwise. Motlott Four. Yeah. Yep. Or something
0: wild. Um, What's your website? Something wild. Yeah.
5: Www. Something wild.
0: Something wild. It should pop up. Anyway. Just Google it. Yeah, Just Google something.
5: Just oh, Google it. Is, just yeah. Don't um,
0: Google yeah. Damien Watlock because you get all the bad stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we missed this goal, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Shannon? Instagram? Uh, just Shan Flem. Shan Flamme.
0: Shannon Flamme, Shannon Flam.
3: Shannon Flam, yep. Yeah. Okay. And I, I've got a small catering company called Forgotten Seasons. Okay. Um. So it's under Forgotten underscore Seasons underscore. So. It's Forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Well, it's remote, yeah. Right? Yeah. The reason. What <laughs> <the reason, laughs> was it again? I forgot. <laughs> it's <forgot. laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs>
0: um, you guys, Andy,
4: no, I Baby say, face kitchen. I just want to say thanks to these guys. Yeah, it's been nice to hang out, share some time, hear some stories. Yeah, and I think what um, what you're doing is really important for chefs for Australia. And people need to recognize, and I think the government should get on board. I don't know too much about that side of it, but should be giving you guys and the company as much fucking help as they can because it's more important than a lot of other shit they do. Um, for, and for, it's, for all said, yeah. It's pretty good, though. It's important. <laughs> it's important on so many levels, and it's not, yeah. The stories we've often spoken about stories behind some of the ingredients we use, and I don't know fuck all about it, and I'd love to know more, and like I just really enjoyed hearing about it. Thank yeah, you. yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It
0: um, I've got to say, I've got to say this at the end, but yeah, if, you, if you're if you listening and you want to get in touch with this podcast with any suggestions for guests, topics to discuss, if you want to come on it yourself, you can email us at info at quicksandfood.com. Have you got an email yet? For the, for the podcast? Yeah. yeah. Nah. Still I can't manage <laughs> another email right now. Yeah,
4: nice. yeah me. <laughs> when, we,
0: when we crack, crack 10,000 listeners, I'll start a new email. <laughs> right. Um, awesome. yeah, anyway, guys. Can't say thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming down and sharing your stories. Um, Yeah, I'd love to do one of these podcasts a month if we could. There's so much to talk about, you know, and there's so many people, you know, so many people to talk to. We're we're, going to try to get people like Clarence and Fred and um, Auntie Joyce and some of the local Indigenous people on on the podcast and stuff and make this sort of like the first in a series of chats we have about Indigenous food. Um, So yeah guys thank you so so much and yeah thanks everyone for listening thank you. So, right. thanks, thanks
6: guys